So hopefully you had a nice meal, enjoyed some of the sunshine and air outside. So let's um, let's begin with uh, another another practice, and just invite you before you kind of go inside um, to begin by just kind of letting your eyes take in the space around you. Uh, just sort of orienting to your environment. So really allowing yourself to explore visually the space, the views, in kind of a slow and natural, curious way. It's almost like letting your eyes go where they want to go. You might find something interesting that you... uh, naturally want to linger and just enjoy the colors or the shapes or movements. Letting your head, your neck naturally get involved in just looking around. This is a very uh, natural activity for the human organism, uh, for any mammal, really, to orient to our environment. And this is a very useful tool for meditation practice because it sends a signal very deep in our nervous system that we're safe. If you've ever watched uh, animals like deer, uh, or elk in the uh, in the wild, they they graze and sort of eat, and then every now and then they sort of do this. They look up, and then they go back to eating, and they look up. And the reason they do that, right, is they're checking for predators, making sure that the scene is safe. So we actually share the same um, neurological architecture, the same wiring. The muscles of the eyes and the neck are connected to something called the ventral vagus nerve. And when they're, when they're engaged in an easeful and uh, normal way, it, it, uh, it activates a certain part of our nervous system that's calming or soothing because it lets our body know that actually there's no immediate threat or perceived danger around us. Now, if you look around like this, quickly darting, that's, that's going to have an opposite effect, right? So it's the sense of just kind of taking things in, taking things in. I often like to start a period of meditation by doing this. It's called orienting, because it provides just a natural sense of calmness, settledness, by 
letting our physiology know where we are, quite literally. And then very naturally in your own time, you may want to allow your attention to go inward. taking some time to see if there can be uh, an inner orientation of relaxation. This is sometimes accessed through a certain kind of intention in the mind. For example... Remembering that there's nothing we need to do right now. Nothing to accomplish or achieve. Nothing to get. But it's just having this space. The gift of giving ourselves space. To be present with our own experience. And that can sometimes bring about the sense of, ah, like you're settling into a comfortable chair or sitting on the front porch in the shade. Just that sense of an easeful relaxation into presence. Perhaps checking in with any key areas of the body that often hold tension. Is the jaw relaxed? Softening the eyes the brow and the forehead. Neck and the shoulders.
even letting the hands relax, the muscles, the tendons. Allowing the attention to begin to settle and rest with an area of neutral sensations like the breath or the hands, sitting or even sounds, just choosing one that works for you. If you find any unpleasant sensations arising in your experience, I invite you to see if you can notice 
how you're relating to the sensation. Is there a resisting, a tightening or contracting? There may be a tensing somewhere else in the body. There could be a a pulling away. Maybe the opposite, almost a magnetic draw in. Or there could be a sense of balance or space, just feeling the sensation without reacting against or for it. So if there is a painful sensation, we notice that. And then turn the attention to the relationship. How am I, how am I with this? How am, how am I relating to this? And if there is reactivity, if there is resistance, tensing, fighting, contracting, sinking, any, any reactivity, then we turn towards that. We actually meet and include that reactivity itself. Where and how do you experience that? And just by bringing your attention to it, can there be a softening? A relaxing or a releasing? holding the reactivity in your awareness.
Feeling free to come back to your anchor, the breath, sitting. So just rest there at any time. So there's an anchor, there's a neutral resting point for attention. That's like home base. Unpleasant sensations may arise. As they do, we can check How's the mind relating? How am I with this? Is there balance? Sometimes that question in and of itself is enough to release any reactivity. Other times the reactivity is stronger, physically, mentally. In which case then we attend to that experience, being with the reactivity with some curiosity, some patience. Seeing, can that soften?
giving ourselves complete permission at any time to take a break from unpleasant by returning to an anchor. In a few moments, I'll ring the bell. Just allowing the sound to enter your awareness. Making a conscious transition by slowly turning your attention to the external environment, first through sound, then through sight. Perhaps allowing yourself to orient once again, coming back into the physical space. So there's a lot that I'm offering today. There's a lot of uh, different uh, ideas, perspectives, and practices. The, uh, the handouts are meant to give you a little bit of a guide uh, to what we're covering today so that later you can go back to it and explore things more. If you didn't get one, there are some more on the back table. Um, I don't expect anyone to leave here uh, 
remembering or even using everything that I'm offering. The idea is to really find what's useful for you and then run with it, you know? Put it into practice and see how, how it works for you. And if you leave here with, you know, one or two or three things that really help you, then uh, that would make me very happy. So I say all that just to, you know, there can be the, the sort of that sense of like needing to get it all. So if, if that's arising for you, uh, just, to, just to be aware of that and trust that, you know, you'll, get, you'll probably get what you need, you know, and to just kind of relax and take it in. And then you can always review things later through the handout or the talks on Dharma Seed. So um, this kind of little phrase, with balance comes mysterious intimacy. So uh, with balance, wisdom and balance, these are two uh, essential supports and prerequisites for practicing skillfully with pain. So this morning we were looking at the wisdom piece uh, and I'd like to explore this balance component some more now. With the, uh, with the understanding or the framework that what we're aiming for, what we're aiming for with these two components and really the next one, the, the, com- the compassion piece, the care of the heart, with balance comes, those three together, is uh, the ability to be mindful of a painful sensation in a non-reactive way. To be with the experience. So oftentimes we hear or learn meditation practices and are told, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, if there's an unpleasant sensation, then you can meditate on that, focus on it. Uh, And then we might try that and then it just kind of gets worse and worse. or we just get tighter and tighter, or more and more frustrated, or more and more despairing, um, that's, that's not helpful. <laughs> and that's not what's meant by the instructions as far as I understand them. That instruction to be with the sensation presupposes that there is some level of um, right view and balance and compassion. In other words, that the conditions are present in order to be with it in a skillful way. So part of our, a large part of our practice with pain is attending to those initial conditions. How am I looking at this thing? What ideas have I got running in my head? And then the next important question is, how am I relating to it? Is there balance? What's my relationship with this? So much of our uh, work is in this realm of what, of what is my relationship with it. And it's not a, it's not a one-time checkbox thing. It's something that we get a feel for and in our practice we're continually, um, not in an obsessive way, uh, we're, we're, keep, we're monitoring our relationship. It's like uh, we have one finger on the pulse of that. How, am I getting reactive? Am I resisting? Because it comes and it goes. It's like there's a little bit of balance, there's some space, and then something tenses up, something tightens up. 
and then it loosens up and relaxes, and then it tightens up again, and then it loosens up. So there's, there's, uh, we're cultivating, we're aiming to cultivate a sensitivity to that process so that we're, uh, just like when you're driving, you keep an eye uh, on the speed, uh, you check the rear view mirror periodically, just so you just kind of know what's going on around you in the same way in our internal environment. There's the painful sensation, or there, and then there's our breath, there's what's happening, and then, you know, so we're just kind of, but we're just kind of keeping a feel for what else is going on here? How am I with this? This is really important because when there's reactivity of any kind, if we don't see that, then we're just reinforcing it. If we're not aware of the reactivity and we're trying to meditate and we're trying to uh, explore an unpleasant sensation or be mindful of it, but there's reactivity happening in the background, then we're just reinforcing that resistance. It's going to be running and driving the show behind, thing, behind the scenes. When the reactivity gets to a certain threshold, then, then we stop learning entirely. When we become overwhelmed, certain systems just go offline internally. And it's no longer useful to actually even be uh, trying to uh, meditate. Overwhelm means deal with that. Deal with the overwhelm. Meet that. Come back to balance. Get oriented. So wisdom, balance, compassion, creating the right container, the right space to be with and examine and be mindful of the painful sensations. How do we, what are some of the tools for cultivating this sense of balance or um, uh, equanimity is a more technical term for it. This equanimity, this non-reactivity, an ability to be with something without being for or against it, falling into it or pulling away from it. This this particular, uh, I'll, I'll answer that question in a moment, what, what, what some of the tools are, but this particular relationship of balance is, um, is central to meditation. And uh, so in the teaching of the two arrows that I referred to earlier, which many of you have heard many, many times, there's another part to that teaching that isn't often talked about, where the Buddha describes the particular kind of relationship that a well-instructed disciple has with the first dart. It's not just that they don't shoot the second dart. It's that the reason they don't shoot the second dart is because there's a particular quality of awareness and relationship with the painful feeling that arises. And that is a a relationship that's characterized by uh, two things, wisdom and balance. 
So in the uh, in the sutta, he says. So there's the part of the teaching that we usually hear that, okay, you know, someone is shot with that first arrow and they don't sorrow, lament, or grieve. They don't beat their breast and wail. And in this way, they feel one pain, physical, not to second pain, mental, the reactivity. But then he goes on, he says, as, as he is touched, as she is touched by that painful feeling, they are not resistant. They don't resist it. They don't become obsessed with resistance to that painful feeling. Why? Because they know that there's another option other than just replacing it with pleasure. So usually when we feel a painful feeling, the only option we have for relief is to replace it with something pleasant. Do you know this one? Right? And so the the key here is that... um, this person who has practiced discerns as it actually is, as it actually is present, this painful feeling, its origin and its passing away. So in other words, they see the painful feeling with wisdom as it actually is, its origin and its passing away, meaning they see its impermanence. They recognize, oh, This is an unpleasant sensation. It's subject to change. It comes and it goes. There's a sense of understanding. It's not forever. This particular sensation is one moment of experience. There might be another sensation that arises moments later, but they don't last forever. They see it as it actually is. It's not me, it's not my sensation, it's a sensation in the body that's arising due to some conditions. So this is the wisdom piece, seeing it clearly. As we were talking about this morning, recognizing that it's natural and then also that it's impermanent. It's not forever. Have you ever had a sensation that lasted forever? No, right? But that's not the way it feels, that's not how it seems, right? But that sense, it feels, it seems that's delusion. That's not seeing with wisdom. It's not seeing it as it actually is. It's seeing a certain idea, a certain mental representation of it that we believe, we think, uh, it tricks us to thinking it's going to be here forever. The other thing here that he says that's very important is... um, Sensing a feeling of pain, sensing a feeling of pleasure, sensing a neutral feeling, one feels it. Uh, the, the word here that's translated is very difficult to translate. It's, um, sometimes it's translated as one feels it disjoined from the sensation or unattached to the sensation. The heck, the heck does that mean? So this is a relationship of balance, that one feels a sensation without being um, tied to it. 
So what does this look like? There's an analogy that's given about two oxes, a black ox, a white ox in the, in the analogy, and they're tied together with a, a yoke. Um, each of them has a collar and there's a chain connecting them. And so the Buddha asks, is the black oxen the fetter of the white oxen? Is the white oxen the fetter of the black oxen? And the disciples says, no, neither is the fetter of the other. What is the fetter? It's the chain that joins them. That's the fetter. So this is used to talk about our relationship with our senses. So there's a sense experience. There's an object. And then there's your experience of it, the contact with the ear and the awareness of it. So so there's the object, that's the sensation, and then the, the knowing of it. Are you with me? Sound and the knowing of it. Now, let's make a different sound. That's not so pleasant, right? Okay. So now, the is the is the where is the problem? Where is the uh, the 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 difficulty, the stress, the suffering? In, in, a, in a grating sound like that. Is it in the sound? Just a sound. Is it, is it, in, is it, in, the, uh, is it in your ear? No. That's the white ox and the black ox. The difficulty is the chain that binds them, is the relationship. It's, it's what's happening in between those two. Is, is, there, is, there, is, there, is the experience of the sense contact one of um, being, being joined to it, being bound to it? In other words, um, I'm hearing this sound and I don't like it and I want it to go away, that there's a sense of being joined to the sound versus um, the sound is happening, but it doesn't mean anything about you. It's very, very interesting to explore it with sound because we recognize the impermanence of sound a lot, very easily. Right? So that was unpleasant, probably. It's unpleasant for me. I don't like hearing that sound. But you didn't get too concerned about it, did you? No, you knew it would stop eventually. Didn't take it personally. It's not your sound, right? There's a relationship uh, with the sound of not being conjoined with it, not being attached to it. The sound is happening. There's awareness of the sound, but it's not. They're not collapsed onto each other. When we feel a painful sensation in the body, though, we're yoked to it. That's my. That's me. Right. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. That's the yoke. The sense of identification, of being joined to the sound, being conjoined with it. Versus, versus experiencing it disjoined. That doesn't mean that we're like far removed from it, dissociated, checking out. 
It just means that there's a sense of being with it without, without falling into it. It's a very subtle experience. It's difficult to uh, describe for me. Uh, but this is, this is what we're exploring and aiming for in our practice with balance is the ability to be with an experience without being in it, without being consumed by it, without being overwhelmed by it, without being oppressed by it, and also without um, checking out, floating away, becoming too distant from it. That there's this very um, uh, kind of alive presence with the experience. So that's what we're aiming for. This, this, this ability to be with an experience, in this case an unpleasant sensation, in a balanced way, without falling into it, without um, ricocheting off of it. So if some of that's confusing, just put it aside. <laughs> um, and if, if it's useful for some of you, then great. <clears throat> so we're keeping, a, we're keeping a, an eye on how am I relating to this, right? So some of the ways to address uh, the reactivity that can come in so the first, so two of them, a few of them we've, we've practiced already. The first is just a sense of relaxation. Learning for yourself ways to induce relaxation. How does, how does one relax? How do you relax? Can you do, can you, is, is relaxing a doing? Is it something you do? Relax! Relax! You know, it doesn't work, right? So I want you to just do a little experiment with me for a second. I want you to um, um, con- contract, tighten the, um, the muscles maybe in one arm. And if, uh, if that's not possible or too painful, you could, do, you could do your leg or your jaw. The idea, choose a muscle that you can consciously activate and contract and tighten. Okay? So just do that. And now I want you to slowly, intentionally relax the muscle. Uh huh. You feel that? Okay. What is that relaxing? What's what's that process? How do you do that? How do you how did you relax the muscle? Let you let go. What did you let go of? Right. The contraction. Is that letting go? Did you add something to let go? Did you add something? Did you do something? Oh, you didn't tense it anymore. Okay. So you didn't, you didn't actually do anything. Right. You didn't actually do anything. What happened? How? How did you let it go back to its natural state? How did you relax it? How did you let go? What stopped? The tension, the contraction. 
right? So, so, so relaxing is actually, it, it's, it's not a doing, it's a, it's a non-doing. It's a, it's a stopping, it's a ceasing of something that is tense or contracted. It's a, it's a turning off of a muscle, relaxing. It's not, it's not an activation, it's a deactivation, right? That's why you can't actively relax, because the very activity is, is moving in the other direction. So to relax something is, is it's, a, it's a loosening, it's a turning off. It's, it's, um, we stop putting energy into the system and allow the contraction, the energy that's already there, to slowly fade. So getting familiar with, with this, asp, with this what it, how it is to relax is very important for balance and for meditation. Feeling the contraction, feeling a tightness, and learning that muscle of letting go, of releasing, of relaxing by, by, by stopping putting in more energy, by ceasing the contraction. Just, you just stop holding on. You just stop the, the tightening, and then the relaxing happens on its own. So it's actually a withdrawing of energy. It's a stopping of the contraction that relaxes. So one of the ways to do this or to explore, explore this in your practice is what we just did. It's counterintuitive, but to consciously activate a muscle, to actually contract it more in order to feel what it's like to relax it. Because sometimes it's like something's so tight, we can't relax it. But often we can make it tighter. It's like when a drawer is stuck in a dresser, and you keep trying to pull it out. If you push it in first, then you can get it out. It's the same kind of thing. So if something's really tight, try tightening it more voluntarily. And then you can feel that. And then as you, as you back off, that voluntary contraction, you start to feel what it's like to let it relax. And then it can relax more. So this is one of the reasons I emphasize having checking in with certain key areas when one starts meditation, the jaw, the eyes, the neck, the shoulders, the hands. These are places we frequently hold tension when we meditate and in our life. So to start to develop an awareness of those areas and to know how does it feel when those are tense and how does it feel when they relax? The jaw, the eyes, the neck, the hands. As you start to pay attention to that, you might notice in your meditation when there's an unpleasant sensation, the hands are starting to get tense or the brow gets furrowed or the jaw starts to clench. Those become signals that we've lost balance, that there's a reactivity. And then we can start to address that by just relaxing those areas. So is this making sense? Okay, great. So relaxing, this is one way, one area of finding balance. The other key way of um, finding and maintaining balance 
is by, is by taking breaks, which we've been doing already today in little bits during the meditation. So the idea here is that it's how, uh, when there's something that's um, unpleasant, uh, reactivity will often arise because that's our conditioning. There will often be resistance, tightness, contraction, right? So it's helpful to take time away from it to actually step back from the difficult sensation. There's a very important um, capacity here that we, we develop in practicing with unpleasant sensations. And this is the capacity to choose where our attention is. To choose where to put our attention. So, let's do a brief, another brief experiment. Um, I just invite you to close your eyes for a moment. And so first, just feel your hands. Just become aware of any sensations in your hands. Warmth, tingling, heaviness, aching, burning, itching. Okay, now maybe go ahead and put your attention in your feet. Feel any sensations in your feet. Softness, hardness, pressure, temperature, tingling, any sensations in the feet. And uh, maybe now try, try feeling your whole body. See, you can widen your attention to feel the whole mass of the body just its general size and weight. Might be the sense of warmth or heaviness. And how about now, maybe just hearing sounds? Put your attention on hearing. Now we'll just do one more. Even though your eyes are closed, see if you can put your attention on the space around you. You might need to use your imagination some, but just the sense that there's space around you. Like you know that there's no one pressing up against you as if you were standing in a crowded bus or train. Can you feel that, the space right around you? What about even wider, like the space of the room? Is there some awareness of the size of the room, even just from the visual memory? And then when you're ready, letting your eyes open. Okay, so what was the point of that? How many people could feel your hands? Could you feel your feet? 
You feel your whole body. Could you hear sounds? Could you widen out to the space, have some sense of the space around you? Okay. It's very, very important. So, one is that we have the capacity to direct our attention. Right? I did not teach you how to do that. It's a capacity each of us already has. Right? We can look at something, we can listen to something. Internally, we, in the same way, we can focus our attention in different places. In practicing with, with meditation, we use this capacity, uh, we, we make use of this capacity. So, focusing on the breath is a way that we use this capacity. We choose to be with one experience, and then the mind wanders, and then we choose to come back to it. With painful sensations, it can be very difficult to stay with a painful sensation, or when there's a sensation that's kind of like in your face, metaphorically, or or not, and you feel like it's always there, is is the sense, right? To be able to choose to put our attention somewhere else, to take a break from it, is a really central capacity to develop. So to do this, I talk about using reference points, which is what we've been doing already during the day, having a neutral place to put your attention that's outside of the painful sensation. The hands can sometimes be a neutral place, the feet, the tongue or the lips or the eyelids. So these are places where there, ten, there tends to be a lot of sensation naturally. You know, most people can feel their tongue or their lips without ever having meditated. You know, just we're aware of it. It's there. Same thing with the hands. Same things with the feet. Sometimes there's pain throughout the body. It's hard to find a neutral place in the body. This is when using sound or sight, orienting, or even just the sense of space can be useful. These are, these are tools to cultivate balance. Strengthening our capacity to, to choose to put our attention in another place that's neutral. Resting the attention there. If we can't do that, it's very difficult to be with an unpleasant sensation. To train ourselves to be with it in a balanced way. So there's, there's, a, there's a principle here, which is don't go in if you can't come out. Think about like uh, firefighting. Firefighters are trained to not go into a fire if there's no exit route. It's dangerous. It's the same with, our, with, with, with uh, very painful or unpleasant sensations. You don't go into the experience unless you have a way to step out of it. There needs to be a reference point, some place to take a break to widen, to come out, to regroup and balance in order to then go into it. So using reference points is one way of balancing. Another way of balancing is a sense of widening. Widening our awareness. 
So with unpleasant sensations, the tendency is that um, we fixate. They're like, they, they can be mesmerizing or magnetizing. It's like we get sucked into them. Do you know that experience? Getting sucked into a sensation. It's like, it's, it seems like it's all that's happening. So to widen our attention, to be able to, like the aperture of a lens, to be able to zoom out and include more. What else is happening? So feeling the whole body opening to space or sounds. So I'll mention one or two other things in this in this domain of balance, and then we can um, see if there are questions or comments, and then maybe do another period of practice together with some of these tools. So we've been talking about orienting, orienting externally, also orienting internally to neutral sensations to be able to take a break, um, having a counterpoint, having a reference point to rest our attention. Uh, another, another part of balance is in, especially with chronic, with chronic pain or chronic illness, is beginning to expand our sensitivity to other sensations, to other experiences. So if there's a lot of, let's say there's a lot of physical pain in the body, to start to notice and really pay attention to the other sensory realms like sight and sound and smell and really develop a, a richness and an appreciation for those senses in service of balance. Because when there's a lot of pain in the body, it can be very tiring when there's uh, you know, because there's going to there's resistance, there is reactivity, and and so to be able to have other options for connecting our attention, to start to be able to be aware of and appreciate more neutral sensations in the body or pleasant sensations in the body, fleeting or infrequent as they may be. So the perception that the pain is constant, starting to actually poke holes in that and really look for moments where the pain is less or there are parts of the body that aren't in pain. The touch of a breeze on the skin, right? Or the very neutral sensation in the pinky or the eyelid or the knee or you know, the contact with the chair. Just these things that we ordinarily don't pay attention to because the unpleasant sensations are louder. They're louder so they capture our attention. But there are other, there are other things in the background that we're not noticing. So really starting to give attention to those. This is all in service of balance. And then we start to appreciate the absence of pain in those areas. It's like, uh, it's like not having a toothache. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about appreciating one's non-toothache. So we don't notice that we don't have a toothache. 
you know, 99% of the time. It's that 1% of the time that we have a toothache that we, we focus on how awful it is to have a toothache, right? So this is about, this is, this is the balancing piece, recognizing that, oh, you know, there is no toothache, headache, uh, nausea, uh, whatever it is, you know, to recognize those gaps and really start to pay attention to them and include them to shift the, to shift the picture, the mental picture that we paint when there's a chronic condition of its constancy and continuity and all-encompassing nature. We start to lose the rest of the picture of our sensory life. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.